Hello, this is Bad Vibes. Today's video is all on hostels. I've never stayed at a hostel. I'm too much of a wuss. Plus, I don't really like people or going anywhere. Anyways, I hope you enjoy. Not the craziest story, but true. So about one and a half years ago, I went on a school trip to New York. We tried to minimize every cost, so we stayed in hostels. They are pretty nice to be fair. One day we come back and we're huddled around the courtyard kind of section in front to get a debrief on the following day. There were 30 of us kids and three teachers. The lead teacher stood on a bench as she addressed us. This tall man was walking past and joined the back of our group. A few of the boys noticed and pointed it out. We had gotten a few questions from people on the trip about who we were, so we didn't find it weird at all at first. The man then saw my teacher staring and blurted out, You're so beautiful. She was flattered, but a little confused. He remained there as if he joined us. It was super weird. He kept complimenting her. As we filed into the lobby, he followed us. One teacher flagged one of the staff and he kindly stepped in. Hi, what room are you in? Um, yeah, three. As he tried to pass him. Three? What floor? What section? I lost my key. He runs past him and continues to follow our group. We were going to the basement to use the kitchen, so it was definitely not a coincidence. He just kept politely getting escorted away by the staff, but kept coming back. Our teacher told us to go to our rooms, so I don't know what happened after. It doesn't sound that crazy, but it was just super creepy. So it was early 2020, and I was on a trip with my friend in London. We're two 22-year-old girls and just wanted to spend the weekend looking around the galleries and getting to feel the city as we were thinking of moving there. We were staying in kind of a dingy hostel in East London, but we were barely ever there. We stumbled in late at night after being out most nights. We were in a shared room with two other sets of bunk beds. Most nights, we weren't really aware of any others being in the room, other than the odd snorer who was gone by morning. But our last night, a new person had arrived. We noticed he laid out his clothes neatly on the bed, and all his shoes were lined up perfectly against the wall. He was sleeping under the duvet, despite his clothes being left on top of the bed. Almost like he heard us coming up and jumped into bed before we came into the room. The lights were on too. We were both pretty drunk so didn't take much notice and went to sleep ourselves. The next morning we were flying home on a really early flight, like 6am. When we woke up around 3.30am, he was already awake and while we were both getting our things together, we noticed that he was taking his stuff out of this bag methodically in a really particular order. He was muttering under his breath but wasn't saying anything that we could make out, but kept laughing to himself and got progressively louder. We both text back and forth about how odd he seemed to be, but we were leaving soon, so we weren't too worried about it. I walked into the bathroom to brush my teeth, the door slightly ajar. My friend was directly outside finishing up her makeup, so I didn't see the point of shutting the door and locking it just to brush my teeth. Seconds after I walked in, he walks in. I froze, but then I thought I should act as normal as possible instead of reacting or freaking out as that might cause him to lash out. 
and I could already tell that he wasn't totally normal. While I'm standing there, brushing my teeth, he stares into the mirror at himself for about 20 seconds, almost glaring at himself. He seemed angry. He started grinding his teeth and grunting too. Then he switched and tapped on and started flinging water at his face, most of it flying behind him or down his clothes. He kept making grunting sounds and they were getting louder. Bear in mind, I was about two feet away from him brushing my teeth. I completely freak out and swallow my toothpaste without rinsing and walk out the bathroom. My friend was sat outside, her eyes wide and she was shaking. She said when I walked into the bathroom, he stopped what he was doing, stared at my friend, smiled really creepily and then walked in after me, keeping eye contact with her, which was odd because he never tried to make eye contact with me. We grabbed our stuff and ran downstairs. At first, I was tired and I didn't fully process how weird it was, but looking back, it could have been really dangerous and was definitely very weird. Creepy man who decided to join me in the bathroom, I hope I never see you again. This happened back in the spring of 2007 when my buddy and I were doing a month-long backpacking trip across Europe. We had started in London and took every imaginable mode of transportation through France, the Netherlands, Germany, and finally ended our trip in Italy. Due to a bus delay, we arrived in Rome several hours later than scheduled. The folks at the hostel said they assumed that we weren't going to show up and rented our beds to other travelers. Not to worry, they told us. There was a spillover property across the city they rented out for such occasions. This was a two-bedroom apartment with several bunk beds packed into the rooms. Here, we spent our last three nights in Europe, along with a group of young Spaniards. We ended up going clubbing with and having a blast. On our last day, our Spaniard friends left and were replaced with a large group of 10 Latin American men and one woman that we met briefly before heading out on our final night in Rome. There was a bit of a language barrier, but everyone seemed nice and we headed out separately. My friend and I got back to our bunks around 2 a.m. and about an hour later, the other group stumbled in, clearly pretty drunk. They all got into their bunks and within 15 minutes, the lights were out and they were snoring away. All but one. One of the young men on the upper bunk directly across from me was still awake seemingly playing with his phone. My eyes were shut and I started to drift off to sleep just as a bright light hit me directly in the face and I heard the shutter click sound on his camera phone. Annoyed but not wanting to be confrontational, I turned my back facing away hoping he would just go to bed. Instead, he continued taking photos of me, whispering obscenities in English that I won't repeat here. I realized that being passive was the wrong strategy when he got down off his bunk and crept over to mine. For a few moments he just stood over me, apparently with his hands on the upper bunk where my traveling companion slept. At one point my heart rate was going through the roof and I quickly started considering my options. A cold realization suddenly hit me. We were in a private apartment with no other travelers or staff in the building. If I confronted this person, he might awake his companions. I have no idea whether these men are dangerous, and if they were, we might be in the fight for our lives. If they were so inclined, they could probably kill us and just say that we left on schedule, and we would never be heard from again. 
I was thinking of kicking the dude in the stomach and bolting to the kitchen to grab a knife when he suddenly knelt down and reached into my bed. That was it. I sat up sharply and got right in his face, asking, You fucking need something, dude? As menacing as I could, he froze. Without saying a word, he got up and walked into the common area. I heard the bathroom door shut. After a minute later, he got back in his bunk, and ten minutes after that, he too was snoring peacefully. I was wide awake, fully dressed and ready to battle for the rest of the night. Shortly before dawn, I woke up my friend, and we got out of there. He did ask, what was that guy doing last night? But I have no idea how he was aware of the whole thing. We were on our flight to Heathrow a couple hours later, and we never discussed it since. So yeah, creepy photographer dude. If I see you in public, you might meet these hands. This happened in the summer of 2018. I was 22, and that summer I was lucky enough to get a summer internship in London and found a dorm-type housing situation. The company generously provided a housing stipend to all the interns who were traveling a certain distance from home. So keep in mind, my job is paying for this. The building I lived in was Green Lines and was meant for people that were in London short term, typically students. You can pay rent week by week. They provide both suites, private restrooms, and a shared kitchen, which is what I had, as well as just rooms without bathrooms. The following details are how the building was set up and are kind of important, so please bear with me. To get into the building, you had just one key card, which unlocked the entrance of the building, your hallway, as well as a suite or bedroom, but not any other hallway. To get into the building, you had to enter a metal gate from the street with a key card onto the property, which also included a little backyard and bike racks. Then use the key card again to enter the actual building. You would use it again for the elevator. Go to your floor, swipe into your hallway, then swipe into your room. With all that out of the way, I could proceed to the actual creepy encounter. So I had been living there for about three weeks and even made a great friend from India who was in London doing a six month pastry course at some hotshot baking school. Me and her hit it off the second we met. We'll call her Priya. She and I, as well as a 30 year old man from Spain in London on some marketing training course his company was paying for, made a ritual of gathering each night to smoke, drink wine, watch the World Cup and generally chill because we had a really great trio formed. They're both great people. So the night this all went down was just like any other. I came home from work, got off the bus on my block and was approaching the first metal gate to my hostel. Standing there was this man, about 30 to 35 years old, with very unique hair. I'd never seen him before, but people came and went all the time in this place. He was fiddling with a magnetic key card, just like mine. I knew he belonged there because the keys had the building's logo printed on them, so I could tell that it was, in fact, just his keycard's magnetic strip malfunctioning. I said hello and introduced myself and helped him inside. I, as a woman, am cursed with a very friendly and sunny disposition. I'm very easy to talk to. I find something in common with almost anyone, which often led me to men I've rejected, cursing me out for leading them on by having been nice to them. 
This guy starts to flirt with me right away and I drop casually that I have a boyfriend. He asked for my number and my stupid ass actually gave it to him because I figured he just moved there. He seems nice. We have a pretty great evening squad I chill with and figured maybe it would be nice to invite him down for a smoke with Priya, our Spanish friend and I, in the evenings. Because I'm the type of person to think, oh if he's living here, he's probably new to London and knows no one. Like all of us when we got here. Only thing is, and this is embarrassing and hilarious, except for my own phone number, I only know one other by heart, my mother's. So literally, without thinking, when I was asked for my number, I recited my mom's phone number on reflexes and didn't realize it until about 10 minutes later when I got back to my room and my mom calls me frantic, screaming, Who are you giving my number to over there? And instantly, I understood what just happened and was like, Oh my bad mom, I did the phone number thing again. To which she responds, That's good and fine, but whoever the fuck he is, you need to stay the fuck away from him. So essentially, he started texting my mom as though it was me, naturally, and she understood what was up right away and nicely replied, Oh, I'm sorry, this has happened before. This is not Elle's number, but her mother's, but here's hers. And he started sending her voice memos on WhatsApp, screaming, like, What kind of fucking games are you playing with me? Aggressive as shit. So I texted him explaining my mistake and how no one was playing games with his ass and to watch his fucking mouth. Basically, once he realizes I'm not trying to play games with him or whatever, he goes back to being a gentleman, by which I mean immediately asking me to come check me, which I assume is British slang for see me in my room. So at this point, I don't mess with this dude because of how aggressive his reaction was. I'm not going to hang out with him or invite him to meet my friends. So I politely declined, saying I'm not trying to have anyone in my room, and that's when he starts to manage to know my hallway and room number. At this point, I'm pretty freaked out, because all women know men are fucking scary. Thank God, his keycard doesn't have access to my hallway, even if he knew which one I was in. After realizing I'm not going to tell him, and also realizing that he creeped me the fuck out, meaning we will not get to hang out, he started to literally threaten me, sending voice memos on WhatsApp, screaming on the top of his lungs that I'ma see you next Tuesday, and a stupid bitch, and that he'll literally fucking kill me. Mind you, it has been about 30 minutes at this point since I met this man. He also sent me death threats the following day around 10am. I did the only thing I could, which was to immediately contact hostile management and report this. I provided them with all the screenshots and voice memos, and there was no arguing. They kicked him out by the very next morning, and also told me that the police were involved, though no one ever spoke to me about it. I assumed they didn't have to, as management had screenshots and voice memos to show them. I was told that police came around 9 in the morning. That timestamp made me realize he sent me the threats this morning after the police spoke to him. He's mad that I called the cops, and he seemed pretty crazy, so I was afraid. I went to work the next morning and told my boss what happened. She was a wonderful boss and mentor, so I was telling her because I was shaken up more than anything. I'm extremely happy that I did talk to her though, because she waited for me to finish talking and wide-eyed said, You're not staying another minute at that place. Because she was thinking what I was thinking, 
What's to stop the creep from waiting for me outside the front gates one of those days and attacking me? I can't thank her enough because she came home with me and packed all my things straight from work and rented a comfortable hotel for three nights for which she generously paid out of pocket because she wasn't really allowed to put it on the company card. Within that three days, she helped me find a nice Airbnb apartment that I shared with a very nice roommate for the remainder of my time in London and it actually ended up being cheaper than the hostel, unbelievably, because the hostel was in Green Lanes and this flat was about a three minute walk from the Old Saint Station. I was so thankful for her amazing initiative but was sad to leave my hostel friends and nightly routine behind so suddenly. All this shit went down within 12 hours. In the following weeks, Pariah did in fact see this guy lurking around the building several times as he was easy to spot with his aforementioned very unique hair. I thank my lucky stars that I never had the chance to introduce them because who knows if he would have targeted her in lieu of me once I moved because he knew we were friends. I'm very lucky to have the incredible boss I had who went above and beyond to keep me safe. Let me just preface this story as to why I was traveling alone. So one of my best friends Kayla and I worked seasonally at a hiking lodge in the BC for the summer. We were both girls in our early 20s. She lives and goes to school in New Brunswick and I live and work as a chef in Toronto for the winter. We decided this year, as I bought a new car, instead of flying back home, we would do an epic Canadian coast to coast road trip. Everything was going wonderfully, so wonderfully in fact, we ended up staying longer in a few unexpected places and had to cut our east coast portion of the trip a little short. Now my friend Kayla started her schooling on November 1st. So I dropped her at home in New Brunswick on Halloween and stayed there at her place. I was planning to head to Toronto the next day. After a few glasses of Chardonnay and some laughs, I decided I couldn't come this close to the East Coast and not see the Cabot Trail in Nova Scotia, something that had been on my bucket list for years. So knowing that I still had a week more of vacation before my winter contract, I hastily booked a hostel for the next day, November 1st, at the Acculate Hostel on the Cobbett Trails. When I booked, only one option came up. I assumed, because I waited till the last minute to book, it was a private dorm with a queen-size bed for $35. I thought, what a bargain, and booked immediately. I left Kayla's house at 7am, knowing it was a long drive. Now the Cobbett Trail is roughly 150 kilometers long, so I thought to be safe. I plugged the hostel address into my Google Maps and headed straight there to get my bearings. I would arrive at the hostel roughly around noon, and knowing that that was too early to check in, I figured I would consult with the front desk to figure out nearby hiking trails and bring my bags in later. I was about to arrive to my hostel, according to Google, but all around me was nothing but farmland. Google instructed me, the destination is on your left. I saw nothing. About 50 yards up the road, I saw a wire bar bent to look like an A that was sprayed paint bright red. I was staying at the Acculate Hostel, so I guessed that might be the place, and I followed the dirt road. It led me to what I can only describe as a dilapidated barn, no signage. There were two cars parked up front. So I parked alongside them and got on my car and tried to figure out where I was. Once I got out, a smallish man, 
around mid-40s with dark hair and intense eyes, popped out of the barn. He asked me if I was staying with them tonight. I said yes. He asked why I booked so last minute, and I explained to him my situation. Seeming satisfied with my answer, he insisted on taking me on the grand tour of the barn. The first thing I noticed that the entirety of the barn had been dug out around the foundation, about five feet deep and three feet around. He led me across some particle board laid down as some sort of ramp leading inside. The second thing I noticed about the property is that there's no windows. This was clearly a barn meant for livestock. The gentleman leading me on this tour was named Kevin, the owner. He proceeds to tell me about his grand plans for the space. It all seemed pretty far-fetched as it was just a big barn with particle board separating most of the rooms. He led me up the skeleton stairs made of plywood and 2 by 4s to a cabin loft where I'd be sleeping that night along with his family, the mother, his son, and Kevin's own mother who insisted I call her mom. The upstairs was certainly an open concept. A frail curtain separated the beds to the sides with a large open area in the middle. I asked him if I was the only occupant that night. He said yes. I had a feeling he didn't often get occupants. I told him I was very interested in hikes in the area and wanted to get to them before it got dark. He gave me very detailed instructions of his favorite hikes and how to get to them, and off I went. I figured the place wasn't ideal. I wish the website would have let me know that it was still being built. But hey, I booked it last minute and beggars can't be choosers. Plus, he was very friendly and helpful on his hiking advice. I hiked the area until it started getting dark. I didn't pack enough food for the day and I figured I would head into town for dinner. The nearest town was clearly a booming tourist destination during the summer, but now in the off season, it was a ghost town. All the hotels and B&Bs in the area were boarded up. Such a ghost town that even the liquor stores were closed for the off season. Finally, I found a dark and dingy empty bar to eat dinner. It was, to phrase lightly, a disappointing supper. I had this romantic image in my head of sitting in front of a harbor front, sipping on bubbly, slurping back ocean fresh oysters. I was assured by the server, bartender, cook, that the fried oysters that I ordered were definitely not fresh. I didn't ask. I figured, with all my options for things to do and see exhausted, I should head back to the hostel and read my book. I got back roughly at 8 p.m. I could smell the family who lived there was in the midst of dinner. A little boy ran down the wood steps to greet me. He yelled, as little boys always do, My name is JP, what's yours? I say, Nice to meet you JP, my name is Alex. He immediately asked if I wanted to come play. I said definitely, just let me put my bags down in my room first. He followed me through the translucent curtains to my room. So instead of getting settled in, I headed straight out into the main area. I started throwing a foam ball with JP. His mother, father, grandmother were all sitting down to eat without even acknowledging we were there, playing just right in front of them. The mother and father just start what seems to be a basic argument, which turns into them yelling at each other. Completely weirded out, I told JP that I needed to go into my room and call my mommy as she was wondering where I am. Of course, the boy doesn't understand proper boundaries and follows me through the curtains and sits on my bed. 
I'm trying to take his attention away from his family fighting, so I start asking him where he goes to school, his favorite color, etc. His mom starts calling for him, but he doesn't answer, instead chooses to sit on my lap and hug me. Not wanting to cause any problems, I yell to the mom that he's in my room. She runs in and snatches him off my lap and yells to his father. I know what you're like when you get angry. I'm taking JP. Don't follow us. I hear her book it down the stairs and him run after her. I hear the car start up in the lot and not just drive but fucking peel out of the driveway. I hear him cursing. A door slams and the sound of the excavator I had seen outside earlier in the day come on. I guess he wanted to get some handiwork done to let off some steam. Now, just left upstairs is me and Grandma, who still insists I call her Mom. I walk out of my not-so-private curtained room with my bag and say, Listen, you guys have been great hosts, but I should go. She starts rubbing my arm and telling me to stay, explaining her daughter-in-law doesn't understand Kevin like she does, and she's the real problem. Now, I'm ready to tell the Mom to just fuck off and just leave. Until I realize she still has a knife in her hand from cooking dinner. It's about a 4 inch knife, but with intent, I'm sure it would do some damage. I don't think she meant it as a threat. I think she was just a kooky old bird who didn't understand. Maybe don't hold a knife when you're trying to console a stranger. So I go along with what she's saying while she rubs my arm with one hand and flails the knife around in the other. I inch closer and closer downstairs to the door. She keeps rubbing my arm and shoulders with her free hand, telling me to stay, and that her grandson is special, and before I even booked the night with them, that he had a premonition that I would be staying with them. As soon as I get to the door, I run towards my car. I start my engine and back up into the lot to get out of there. Kevin in the excavator blocks my path with about a five foot ditch on one side of the drive and the forest behind me. He gets out saying sorry and tells me I should stay. He'll make it up to me. Grandma comes out with a knife still in hand saying, It's Kevin's fault I'm leaving. They pick her for about five minutes until I yell that if they don't let me leave, I'm calling the police. All of a sudden, they got super defensive like I'm being the one unreasonable. So I turn off my engine and start to dial. Kevin gets back into his excavator and starts backing up. As soon as he's far enough, I can see an opening to drive across the grass. I turn my engine back on and rip out the drive. I'm sure doing a number on the suspension of my little sedan. As soon as the property is out of sight, I go to call my friend Kayla. No service. I remember back to earlier that afternoon when I first got to the hostel. I was going to check my messages and saw that there was no service. Even if I wanted to, I wouldn't have been able to call the cops. I drove the six hours straight to New Brunswick and stayed with Kayla. This happened in early 2017. I was a 23 year old girl and I just finished college. The field I studied was not huge in my area, so I decided to leave. I moved to the biggest city in my country to make a post-graduation course and look for a job. As I was still unemployed, I decided I would wait to make a long-term rental contract, worrying about a future bad commute to work. In the first couple of months, I was switching between Airbnbs and hostels all the time. I was already tired of this. I decided this would be my last move, and then, with or without a job, I would settle. 
I was already running out of money and decided to stay in a dorm in a hostel next to where I was taking classes. Sharing a bedroom is no problem to me during a trip, but when you're living somewhere, trying to create a routine and have some privacy, sharing the bed with complete strangers just sucks. I would share the dorm with three guys, but it's not with them that I had my bad encounter. They were nice, apart from one of them snoring so bad at night. No biggie. In another dorm, although, was the creepiest person I've ever seen. He was in his mid-30s and was not traveling. He was a native from the city we were in and was using the hostel as a new house since his parents kicked him out of theirs. He introduced himself and tried to be nice and flirty with me. I was polite but declined his invest. He wouldn't stop. He started following me all day long inside the hostel. Anywhere I went, he would show up in less than 5 minutes. On my second day there, I left the hostel to a job interview, and by the time I arrived back late at night, he was sitting alone at the front stairs waiting for me. He told me this like it was the most natural thing on earth. He would buy me snacks, ask me out, try to get information about my personal life. All of this when I already made it clear of my lack of interest. All this happened in three days. I was already exhausted by his presence, but what I didn't know is that it could have went worse. As soon as one of the guys left that we were sharing the dorm with, he asked the hostel staff to switch dorms and stay in my room. Obviously, he didn't tell me this, so imagine how surprised and disgusted I was when I saw him coming to the dorm with all his belongings. I was so scared of his presence that I slept wearing jeans to avoid any sort of advantage he could take on me while I was sleeping. The next morning, I decided to leave. The situation had exponentially went worse, and I couldn't handle it anymore. While I was packing, this guy showed up, noticed what I was doing, and started to cry, asking me not to leave him. Then, to make things more creepy and disgusting, he told me that he would miss seeing my face while I was sleeping, and thank God that he had taken photos. I was trying my best to be chill about his behavior, but I just lost it when he told me he had taken pictures of me while I was sleeping. I took his phone from his hand, asked to see the pictures, and deleted all of them. There is a bunch of photos of me sleeping in the night before. I left the hostel and really regret not reporting him to the staff. Crazy lonely dude from the hostel. Please, let's never meet again. A few years ago, I worked at a well-known hostel in Seattle. I worked the graveyard shift, so most of my shift was spent processing reservations and surfing the web. This was when I actually discovered Reddit. Anyway, one night I noticed this ad on Craigslist about a new hostel that had opened up in South Seattle. Being bored and curious, I gave the guy a call to find out the rates, accommodations, etc. He answered with a dry, Hello. I asked if I called the right number for the hostel. And he responds with a quick, Oh, yeah, yeah. How can I help you? I don't mention that I'm an employee at another hostel and instead inquire about the location, price, typical stuff. He tells me that the location is hard to describe and it would be best if I just met him at the closest convenience store and he would take me to the hostel from there. No, thank you. Click. I had heard all I needed to hear. Throughout the rest of my time at my hostel, there'd be times that we would be full and would give suggestions to the visitors on places to stay. I made it a point to mention this place as an anti-suggestion. 
One of my guests actually informed me that he had stayed there a few months before and it was in fact something to stay away from. The hostel, I'm told was basically an old house that had been completely gutted so it was just two big rooms, a kitchen, and a large room with bunk beds, dirt floor, and a television in the room with the bunk beds. No travelers, just crackheads and tweakers who had clearly been living there for some time. No staff. Dude picked him up at the convenience store, as offered, brought him to the hostel, took his money and left. A couple days ago, I woke up and went to the ground floor to go outside for a cigarette. I took the stairs down and opened the door to the lobby, only to be greeted by a girl with a towel around her who looked traumatized, accompanied by ambulance staff. I had actually seen this girl and her friend the night prior coming in with boxes of beer, happy and laughing. Looked like they had a good night ahead of them. I proceeded to go outside and have my cigarette. There were a couple of police officers who came up to me and asked for my details because they suspected I had a warrant for my arrest. I just had a similar appearance to who they were looking for, I guess. Then I saw a detective. That's when I knew something serious had gone down in there but not sure what exactly. They loaded the girl into the ambulance and the detective jumped in after to interview the girl. I went back inside and eventually came out for another smoke about an hour later. The ambulance and the police were still there. The detective jumped out and the ambulance drove off. There was also a red van parked across the street just observing what was going on. This is where it gets interesting. One of the officers came out and retrieved a whole bunch of brown bags from that detective's SUV. They went back inside and returned empty-handed. Him and his partner then drove off. About 20 minutes later, the detective comes out with the bags. They were all filled and puts them into her vehicle. She proceeds to keep going in and out for the next hour or so, each time coming out with bags filled with stuff, evidence I'm guessing. There were some clear bags that had some linens and blankets in them. She then comes out with more bags, and there's a man accompanying her who I hadn't seen yet. He wasn't wearing police attire, but had a logo on his shirt that I didn't get a close enough look at to make out. He was carrying out one of those cameras and tripods you see in TV and movies that they use to photograph the crime scene. He loads it into the red van, then drives off. The detective goes back inside. She later comes back out with her partner, who I hadn't seen the whole time. They hop into the SUV and drive off. Nobody came out in cuffs, and no body was rolled out. I assume they would have done that through the rear entrance. This was the middle of the city and highly populated, so I guess they wanted to keep it out of the public eye. I knew whatever happened was on level 3, because I entered the building earlier right after the police officers, and the indicator said that the elevator was on level 3. Later that night, I decided to go up to level 3 just to have a snoop around, see if there was any crime tape or anything like that. I don't know. I took the stairs because the swipe card doesn't allow me to go to level 3. I'm on level 1. And whoa, as soon as I opened the door to enter the level, I got a huge sense of doom, shivers down my spine, and could just feel a really dark force. I immediately shut the door and went back downstairs. I haven't seen anything on the news, no articles on the internet, nothing. I assume it was a degenerate or some kind because this place was filled with them. 
not worth the news or ruining the backpacker's reputation. So many theories running through my head. I didn't see the other girl who I saw entering the night prior. Maybe she fled. Maybe she's the one who was killed. Maybe she was the killer. Maybe the other girl's the killer. Maybe it was self-defense. Outright murder. Who knows? I can't be certain, but I'm pretty sure it was a homicide from what I saw.